Welcome back to another Beach Cop Detectives interview with the writers, cast, and crew of Terriers. This time out, we're talking to Rob Duncan, the composer for Terriers. In this interview, we talk about how the sound of the show developed, that famous theme, and a whole lot more. It starts out a little echoey, but it'll fade pretty quickly to normal, and we hope you'll enjoy. So please sit back and enjoy this interview with Rob Duncan, composer on Terriers. I am talking today with Rob Duncan, who's the composer on Terriers and who is currently the composer on Timeless. Rob, how you doing? I'm fantastic, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I uh, I like to start these with the with the same question I ask everybody, which is uh, six years later. Do you have any any memories of of working on Terriers? What are your thoughts on the show? Terriers will always be a very unique and a, an extremely special show for for many reasons. One of the things that is uh, interesting for me is that it's the of of all the shows that I've ever worked on in my career. There were there were sometimes that every episode normally I would go in and have a meeting and we'd watch the show and pinpoint where the music needs to come in and come out. And there were several episodes of Terrors where I came in and we watched the whole show and there was not anything for me to do at all. And uh, just went home and showed up for the next episode and hoped for something to do. It was very strange, but there are a couple of other ways that Terrier stands out. It definitely was one of the most creative and sophisticated shows I've worked on. It, uh, for whatever reason, it also was the most musically organic show I think I've worked on. I have two rooms that I work out of. One is a control room, writing room, and the other is a live room or a tracking room. One room is insulated and the acoustics are very dead and all the electronics are in there, the computers and the outboard gear. And then the other room is very live. It has all the acoustic instruments in it. And on Terriers, I spent most of my time in the live room, which was unusual. Most shows, I'm lucky if I spend 30, 40% in the live room. But for some reason, Terriers just seem to really want this real world, acoustic, slightly more sort of chaotic or noisy real world element to it. And as a result, it, it, I was able to give it that attention because the volume of music, the, the amount of music was so focused where an episode that I'm, for example, an episode of Timeless that I'm working on right now has just under 30 minutes of music. An episode of Terriers might have four minutes of music. So I could spend all week on those four minutes and sort of lovingly uh, play each note live and redo it and just make it as perfect as I wanted to. I had that luxury. And uh, something about the complexity of the characters, I felt they were very human, very dimensional characters, that uh, there was uh, an old piano that I got off Craigslist, which I had tuned and then detuned. Uh, so that it, and it, it was, it's an old hundred year old piano and it sort of connected itself to Hank a little bit. And there's something that sounds a little dented about it, but at the same time, it can sound very emotional or very um, poignant or powerful. And I found that that was one of the instruments that 
I used a lot on this series. And I don't think I've had another project since that really let that instrument shine. Creatively, the the things that the directions I was sent in were, were also interesting. There is the surf rock element to the, the score, but there's also the noir element. And then there's also this organic creative element. And on top of that, you have the the sort of sophisticated sensibilities of Ted Griffin and Sean Ryan, and it really culminated in an, in an incredibly special project. In talking to some of the writers on this, they've, they've talked about the influence of things like, uh, I think Ted Griffin mentioned Chinatown numerous times in our in our final uh, interview that we did. He mentioned, of course, uh, Bush and Sundance. Was there anything, any any films or TV that musically, or or for that matter, bands that musically influenced your sound you were working on for, uh, for Terriers? You know, there were some that I don't even think I can recall the names. I just knew that uh, Ted Griffin had sent some music over to just as just sort of things that he sounds that uh, attracted his ear mostly when we were trying to come up with a sound for the theme and a lot of it was very it was just a uh, atypical very eclectic very creative and uh, you know he was challenging me to come up with something that was just off the wall and and I you know I was uh, sending back stuff that uh, that I thought was just you know getting crazy and then as we neared the the deadline I realized I've got to somehow pull all this craziness together into something that I that I feel proud of and and works. And at the last minute, it all sort of came together in this this song. But a lot of that was the, a lot of the creativity behind that came from from Ted and his encouragement to to explore things that just sounded like nothing that we've heard on a TV show before. Let's let's talk about Gunfight Epiphany because that is such a catchy song. I know people that six years later that's their ringtone still. You know that song is so is is so great. So how did it come together and like what what instruments were used for it? That kind of thing. Well, there's certainly there's uh, whistling and uh, trumpet playing. Um, I, I play most of the instruments except drums. They've got a very talented drummer named Ryan Hoyle who did the, the drum tracks, but everything else is it's me uh, barking through a megaphone or playing the trumpet, uh, playing the guitars. The theme was written very close to the first episode before I really had good visibility into the full direction of where the show was going. And the way that I went about writing the lyrics, it was... There was nothing that was very specifically connected to the characters or the show. It was sort of an emotional connection. It was getting a feeling, a vibe of the show, and then letting that blossom into a story that was sort of concocted in my mind and writing lyrics that might create images or hints at a story in the listener's mind that may have something in common with the feeling of the show as a whole. There's nothing too specific that you can really pinpoint. There's, there's nothing literal in, in the lyrics. It's, it's just very sort of an abstract story that is, is targeting a certain vibe. How did you get involved with the show in the first place? What, what brought you on board? Uh, that was Sean Ryan. He's uh, one of my longest uh, collaborators. He hired, first hired me on a show called The Unit, 
on CBS, a military show, and we've uh, worked together on many shows since. Did you have a sense of what the show was when it came on, or was it just Sean Ryan's doing another show, and I'm going to be there because Sean Ryan's doing the show? It was pretty much that, that, you know, Sean's got another show, and of course, it's always a, a privilege to be invited to collaborate, and, uh, and that was the case on that one. You mentioned a little bit about the process about, you know, the, the different rooms that you use. What were you generally, were you generally going off of, you, you got the footage, you, did you get to see a finished episode? When did you, when did you get a chance to put the music together for each episode? That is usually um, a pattern that is consistent with all TV shows. Music is considered post-production. So after everything's written, prepped, shot, edited, once the final cut of the episode is done, they, they what's called lock the picture, and then they call in the post-production sound, uh, which is myself for music, and then there's a sound effects person if there's Foley and dialogue that needs to be replaced. Uh, all that stuff happens in the last stage before the show gets its final mix and then delivered for, for airing. Were there any episodes, I know toward the end they were kind of rushing to get things done, were there any episodes where you were uh, in a time crunch? You know, it's funny, most shows that I work on, it seems tragically that the most important shows give us the least amount of time, probably because (laughs) there may be a few more notes for the other people that come before my phase of post-production, but usually the deadlines, the air dates don't change. So if there's a squeeze, it usually happens to the last person in the chain. But with Terriers, once again, there was such, they were so selective about the music and and it was sparse. And I I really believe that silence can be, um, silence can be so effective and powerful, as powerful as score. And certainly if, if you have too much score, it loses its meaning. I think that when score is earned with silence and, and with, with as, as we say, dryness, it's most powerful when we haven't heard it for a while. And then finally it comes in to augment an emotion that you're already feeling as a result of the acting and the writing and the directing. Were you mostly off? Did you ever get to talk with the people? I mean, I, I know you may have been sort of isolated from the production itself. Did you ever, did you ever interact with the crew and the cast and that kind of thing? Typically not. We're sort of, everybody's sort of working in their own little bubble a little bit. Uh, there's usually not a lot of time to visit the set or uh, usually the, the first time I get a chance to see the cast in person would be the rap party. Any particular stories you remember? Any episodes that you particularly remember doing the score on or, or musical moments that stick <clears> out to you? I know it was six years ago. And the, the pilot, we worked a lot of stuff out during the pilot, the the pilot actually had the most music, I think, uh, for the, the whole series. I think after working through that, the tone was, was more clear. And again, it was a, it was a, a sophisticated approach that I think utilized silence in a, in a great way. And when, you know, when the music did hit, it was, it was very meaningful. Well, uh, that's all I have for you. I'm, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to me. And again, the, the music on the show is, is a big part of what I loved about it. It's, you know, everything about this show really came together for me, but the music sticks out for me. And I, I think you have a lot to be proud of. 
Oh, thank you very much. Well, it warms my heart that you, you, there is still an interest in the show. And uh, as, uh, as I'm sure you've gathered from interviewing many people involved, it was a very special show to all of us. So we're very ha- appreciative that you're you know, keeping the, the flame lit for it. Beach Cop Detectives is an independently run podcast co-produced by Randy Lander and Grant Davis from the TV Dudes and part of the Permanent Record Network. Music for this series includes the surf music tracks Happy and Whimsical by Paul Tyann. To hear more of his work, go to soundcloud.com slash Paul Artwork for the show is by Nate Bliss. You can find him at n8bliss-art.tumblr.com. You can like us on Facebook at Beach Cop Detectives and on Twitter at Beach Cop Podcast. You can hear weekly TV commentary by Randy and Grant at the TVDudes.com. Thanks for listening.